What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Full Court Blitz Sports Show, a show where we talk about the most pressing NFL and NBA news. Uh, make sure to use that link, anchor.fm forward slash Anthony-McCulley. That's M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. Again, that is M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. When you get to that link, please make sure to hit the follow button to be notified of every single upload uh, every other morning at 8 a.m. Um, also, make sure to just share on the podcast if you could. I'd definitely appreciate that. I love the support that you guys are showing me, so keep that up. So, And I do thank you guys so much for that. Also, just please make sure to rate the podcast on both Google and, App- and, Google and Apple Podcasts. And I appreciate that as well. It just helps me decide uh, who's all enjoying the content. And, um, yeah, also make sure to just share the content, you know, share the the uh, the podcast on both of those sites as well. Just kind of make sure to share those around too. Definitely appreciate that. But um, we have a lot to get into today. So I was actually kind of like, kind of shocked when I, I saw all this stuff. I'm not going to lie because, you know, you just, you don't really ever think. Like you always kind of go into recording. I know that most of you probably won't know this, but when you go into recording, you think, uh, you know, expectation is there ain't going to be a lot to record. You know, you get to that reality, you get to it, and you're like, holy shit. This is going to feel like forever, you know, so. And that's kind of what today felt like. So, um, before we start, hopefully you all are having an amazing morning and also have, and also have been having a great uh, I guess had a great week. Um, now that we're, you know, we close up this Thursday as I'm recording this, and uh, as you guys are watching this, happy, um, you know, happy weekend. Start of the weekend to you guys. Uh, hopefully, it, it, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good weekend for you guys and a good, a good cap to the end of the week. So, um, a good last week, good last day to cap off the end of the week. So. So yeah, again, whenever you guys are watching this though, good morning to you guys. Have a great day, and I'll also have great days as well. Whenever you, like I said, whenever you're watching this, so let's um, yeah, let's hop right into this because again, we got oh, we got we got quite a bit to get into. So first off, here to start everything off, we have the Saints, and this is all on most of the stuff is actually football related, so. All of this is going to be on the NFL.com official website, just so I don't have to keep repeating it for you guys, just so that way you guys know. So, the Saints are reportedly sending, quote, an all-out blitz, end quote, to sign free agent defensive end Jadavion Clowney. So, as you guys know, this is coming off of, actually, this is pretty interesting. This is coming off of a season in which Jadavion Clowney was on the Texans and, um, there was a, a a holdout on his um on his contract in Houston and uh, in Houston, and so what had happened was basically held out his contract held out excuse me held out a play based on a uh, contract issue. You know what most players. Uh, 
what most players um hold out because of stuff like that. So the pretty the the common stuff to hold out of. So again, played with you know, played with Houston. He um he uh held out in Houston to recap there. And he um then goes to Seattle. And now um and now the Saints trading him. So this is what happened. So this is how they explained it. So NFL Network uh, insider Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero of NFL Network together uh, have reported that Clowney had spoken to multiple times to Saints coach Sean Payton on, you know, playing for the Saints. Uh, there was multiple teams interested in the Pro Bowl defensive end, including the Titans and Seahawks. And, um... As I said, they're sending out an, a quote, all-out blitz, end quote, for Clowney's uh, services to the team. So, per the sources that have told uh, another NFL network insider, Mike Garofalo, he has been told that the Saints have been inquiring with current players on the roster about restructuring some deals. Uh, the PA, the, the Players Association, currently has the Saints team at a $7 million available availability in cap space. So, um, of course, restructuring deals, that would become more, obviously. Plus, not only for him to sign, but other players as well, so to kind of make up some room. So, should this go through, he'd be teaming up with Cameron Jordan on the defensive line, not to mention the prospect of joining a Super Bowl contender. So, um, seems like an interesting deal to me. His experience in free agency has been a peculiar one this offseason, as we all know. The six-year veteran and former first overall pick has been on, has been on top of the free agency listing for the extent of the offseason and has remained there with one week to go before the kickoff of the 2020 season. So he's one of those guys where we didn't kind of think that he was going to be there for very long. You know, I remember beginning of June, kind of getting into July, we were like, you know, we, we the questions kind of started to rise. Like, holy shit, like this guy's still on the, the, uh, the free agency, you know, listing. And we're like, kind of, you kind of get to thinking, you're like, do these teams actually know that he is still a free agent? Like, is it running through these general managers' heads that he's a free agent? Like, do you not know that this guy is still here? So it's kind of interesting, you know, on the fact that um, I don't think, and this is where it gets into the holdout, goes on to say that a holdout over a new contract in Houston led to Jadavion being acquired by the Seahawks this time last this around this time last year. Uh, and then it goes on to say that he had just three sacks in 13 games in 2019 and wasn't the impact Seattle may have hoped for. A decision will have to be soon if Clowney plans to play on week one as he will need clear 
to clear the current COVID-19 protocols in place. Not only that, but you also got to get to learn, you know, it also takes that time to learn that playbook as well. But yeah, so again, he um, has a holdout. He plays for Houston. Um, You know, this around this time last year, he's playing in Houston. And um, I actually remember this happening. Gets a, um, you know, playing for the Texans. Gets a, um, you know, has a contract dispute. Gets pissed off. Holds out like most players have because of those reasons. And um, holds out. They end up getting rid of him. Um, or he ends up leaving. I think because that was also his final year or two. Ends up leaving. Saints acquire him around this time last year. Um, due to that happening in free agent, they picked him up pretty quickly. Had that little under underrated performance, you know, um, not underrated, but not really played to the potential they hoped for. Kind of hoping now that uh, the Saints can, um, and now the Saints are trying to acquire him after that. So uh, we'll see, and um, keep an eye out to see if they actually get him because, you know, I don't, I don't know if. Um, Obviously, that's going to have to become a fast decision, especially with the COVID-19 protocols set in play. You got to pass a lot of those. Plus, a, I don't know if they're doing a little bit of a quarantine, but I know it's going to take a little bit longer for him to get to the facility than usual. But um, next thing here, so the Colts and Ryan Kelly and, and the play and excuse me, the Colts and Ryan Kelly and center Ryan Kelly have agreed to a four-year $50 million contract extension. So it goes on to say how, again, the $50 million contract extension. Ian Rappaport did report this today as I'm recording this. And uh, this actually makes them the highest paid center in the NFL. That's actually something that you don't usually hear a lot. Like, you usually hear this makes this player so and this makes so and so the highest rated receiver in the NFL or this makes so and so the highest rated tight end in the in the NFL in NFL history or something like that or running back or whatever it is you don't usually hear about center i think the last time i heard about this was probably oh who was it i i want to say the last time i heard a center is the highest league highest paid center in the league I want to say the last time I heard about that was probably, oh shit, when was that? Probably sometime when, um, so I'm trying to think still. I think the last time I heard about a center being the highest paid was probably when, um, Travis Frederick got his contract. I want to say Travis Frederick, I might be wrong, but um, again, let me know, guys, also down below, when I link all the socials, let me know what you guys like, let me know what you guys, what your guys' thoughts and opinions are after hearing all the news that we're talking about today, you know, let me know, hit me up, let me know what you guys are thinking, let me know your guys' opinions based on what we talk about, let me know what you guys want to add on to, like, what I may have, what might, what I may end up saying, 
or you know just stuff like that i would love to interact with you guys that way it'd be really cool it'd be really fun to me so um yeah just let me know but um yeah so i want to see it was Travis Frederick though the last time i heard about a center being the highest paid but maybe it'll explain it here if i might be wrong or right but anyway, so it goes on to explain how Ryan Kelly ended up becoming an immediate starter for the Colts pretty much right after he was, you know, really wasn't much of a thought. Pretty much became an instant starter um, back in the 2016 draft. And it goes on to say that over those past four years, Ryan Kelly has started Pretty much all 51 games was appeared in and didn't miss a game in 2019, which was his first Pro Bowl season. Now, obviously, right, you know, hearing that right away kind of makes me feel like if I was a GM, it would make me feel really good knowing that I'm getting a guy, knowing that I'm putting, knowing that I'm investing my money into a guy that not only has been or no, has the, you know, has the ability to run the offense. And obviously, not only does he know the offense and knows pretty much every single piece of it, not only does he know that, you know that you're putting, you're investing your money into a guy who knows, who doesn't really miss time. He's consistently there, um, you know, out, you know, this, you know, including injuries, hasn't been injured, played all 2019, really consistent. You could trust them to be there when you need them. So, you know, it, it must be really good knowing that you're putting, that you're investing your time and money into a guy like that. You know, not only does he know the offense, has he been playing well, but also the fact that he is always there when you need him and doesn't ever, you know, he doesn't ever let you down. And that's, to me, that's probably the, probably got to be the best feeling to a GM. But um, this was actually something, a little, not really a statement, but kind of just an interview that Ryan Kelly ended up doing. This is what he had to say by saying, quote, I haven't told a lot of people this, but I never wanted to play anywhere else. This is home. This is where I wanted to be, end quote. So I guess just hearing that alone, you know, he sounds humble. Obviously, anytime you're in the NFL, anyone that's anywhere, no matter you know, anywhere, not even the NFL, but you know, any professional league, obviously you'd want to be humble, but you know, be humbling about it. But um, obviously, you're not gonna want to like. I guess I I guess I could kind of see why he wouldn't want to say anything like. You wouldn't want to like because I know in today's NFL, it's so hard to find. You know that perfect balance of. You know, there's, like, not really a balance. Like, you you don't have a perfect balance of... There's kind of, like, a... I mean, how am I trying to say this? There's, like, a balance in the NFL, like, as of right now, of... Players wanting to be... There's a balance... There's a little bit of a balance of a player wanting to be loyal to a team versus a team not wanting to be loyal to a player. So, like, I feel like there's, like, that current balance in the league where you don't get it a lot where a certain player will be will want, will be loyal to a team, 
But then you also get it where a play where a team isn't loyal to a player. So like I feel like that's like the current balance that we have as a, like as a, a, a like our current a current balance system that we got going on right now in the NFL, where that's kind of, kind of happening. So with that in mind, it's almost kind of scary to think about. So whenever you hear, and I guess maybe he, I guess maybe that was in the back of his mind. Like I know that there's this little bit of a balance in the league currently where a player will want to be loyal to a team, but the team won't be loyal back to them. And there's like a balance of that going on right now. So, I mean, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to explain it better than just a balance. Like, I guess, I guess it would be more like a trend. There's more of like a trend. Yeah, that fits better. There's more of like a trend of, there seems to be a current trend of players wanting to be loyal to a team. They say that they are, but then the team won't show loyalty back. Like, they'll say that they are, but then they won't show it back. And that that may be what, it ha- you know, maybe what was in the back of his mind when he was saying this stuff, when he said this, because I guess he maybe thought, you know, well, and the, in today's NFL, your contract could be gone just like that in an instant. So I guess maybe he thought maybe it could be possible to jinx it. And maybe he thought, well, you know what, if I say something that might possibly jinx me and I might end up being off this team and, you know, and I might not get this contract. So I could totally understand him there. Honestly, like I would not blame him at all for saying that. Like I was like thinking it, but he doesn't want to say it. But he kind of, he, but you kind of tell based on how he says it, that that's kind of what he means. And that's kind of like what he was thinking when he said that. So you could kind of get it, you know. But um, anyway, this is kind of just what else that I had to say. This kind of gets into his stats a little bit. Um, I was actually gonna get into that next. So um, this was actually one more st- get one more thing he had to say about that interview too by saying, "quote I just want to live up to the contract I just signed. Be the leader they want me to be. Play with the consistent consistency I know I can, and stay healthy." End quote. I mean, hell, that's probably the as a GM, that's probably, and not even a GM, as a team, that's probably the thing that you would love to hear. Like, you, that's something you want to hear a player say. Like, the fact that they want to stay consistent, the fact that they want to keep being a leader, and the fact that they say that almost kind of shows that, you know, it would show almost a team, it would almost kind of show a team that, like, hey, he's saying it like this. It almost makes it sound like, that he doesn't think that he's up to his full potential yet. Because look at the way he says it. I just want to live up to the contract I just signed. Be the leader they want me to be. Play with the consistency I know I can. And stay healthy. He says that as if he knows he's been playing well. But he know also knows in the back of his mind that he can play better. Which is almost kind of scary. Like you're playing good already. But you know that you could still play better and still be more consistent than you already have been showing. Like you've been already been showing so much of being a leader. You've already been showing so much consistency. And you've already shown that you could stay healthy. Not many players can say that they've stayed healthy for 16 full games 
for a, for a full ass schedule in a season. Not many NFL players can say that they sit, sat through a whole season. Every year a guy gets hurt. The fact that you could say that is huge. And he says all this like he could still play 10 times better, which is kind of scary. But um, next let's just kind of get right into the new, right into his stats because we're kind of egging on here a little bit too long. So not much here. But keep in mind, he is a center, so obviously his stats are going to be like, holy shit, out of the roof. Just keep that in mind. But this is, you know, it's still crazy, though. So obviously all 16 games, 16 games started with 1,033 games, uh, offensive snaps participated in. So obviously not a lot. He's a center. That can be crazy. But moving on here. So I found this actually to be pretty interesting. So the NFL is planning to provide pre-recorded crowd noise for teams to play during games. Now, let me I mean, let me just say right off the bat, this is something I've been hearing about. Well, not just this particularly, I've been hearing about like for the past couple weeks now, about you know, various coaches, various players giving their thoughts and opinions on whether or not there should be crowd noise for teams to play with. Now, okay, this is my stat. This is my thing on this. So I, after hearing everyone talk about what their opinions are, and I get it, everyone's going to have different opinions. No matter what, I'm not going to be right or wrong. Obviously, there's always going to be a debate on it. Here's my thinking. I... I think it's important. I, I I do think that it's important that they do this, not only for the fact that these are going to be televised games, like we don't want, obviously, to be watching a game on TV and have only the sound of clanging helmets and shoulder pads against each other to listen to. Like, we don't want to just be sitting there listening to the sound of two shoulder pads banging into each other, two helmets hitting each other really hard. And the sounds of whistling through coming through our damn TVs. Like, we don't want to just hear that noise. So, like, we want to hear at least some sort of outside noise, a.k.a. crowd noise. So, and I, I think not only that, but... So it was that, and for me, the other thing for me was, this is what players are used to. I have a feeling that, I don't think it's going to play too much of a role, but I think it's going to play a role, like, some sort of role to, like, maybe some players might not play as well, because there's, like, I know it sounds crazy, but what if some players don't, don't really play as well, because they're not hearing what they're used to. It's almost like a superstition. Like, let's take like let's take example for example. Like, maybe a baseball player feels like he has more of a chance to hit a home run if he swings his bat before he you know swings his bat around his head or something before he swings his first hit before he gets before he. Gets it before he receives his first pitch. I don't know. It's like something kind of like that. So like a player might not play well. 
because he's not hearing something that he's used to hearing in the environment. So I think based on those two things, I think it's a good idea. Um, again, I've talked about ratings before. It might also help out the ratings. Again, ratings are already shit. But I mean, if you're hearing like, if you're going to be able to hear, and again, none of this, like I'm going to say that nothing about this season for the NFL is going to be normal. Nothing is going to be normal about this season. The most normal thing I think we're going to get out of this season, and I know there isn't much, just about the only normal thing we're going to hear, or the only thing that's normal that's actually going to happen and stay consistent, is crowd noise. We're not actually going to get fans. Possibly. I don't think we're going to get fans. It's only 16 games. It would take too long. There's no point. We're not getting fans. The, NF- the NBA, there's still a shot, but that we're talking about that later. The NFL, there isn't a shot. This is the only sense of normalcy that the NFL is going to have this season. They need this. And as far as their ratings go, well, again, we've talked about that plenty of times here on the pod. They're already going to shit. Again, they're going to shit, no matter what. We didn't even get the Hall of Fame game this August. Something obviously that's annual, annual that you get, uh, happens about every mid-August. We usually get the Hall of Fame game. And there's also not going to be any preseason games. Again, no sense of normalcy there. That's also fucking up their ratings really hard. This is probably the only thing that they have to save those ratings. Uh, whether it be TV ratings or fan ratings, you know, that fans give to the league. Um, also, I don't think, you know, um, I don't think the ratings for TV, you know, people on watching games on CBS or Fox, those, those TV stations, those TV stations are going to get receive some very poor ratings from the NFL this year because of this. These recorded these crowd noises could make the difference of the NFL getting a million dollars versus the league not getting any money at all. You know, the crowd noise could really be the difference of them getting money or not because it's the only sense of normalcy that the league is going to get this year. And again, I know the ratings isn't all that matters. I understand that. But what I'm trying to get at is, I was just trying to give you guys, I was just saying the ratings thing as a, to give you guys some perspective that, hey, there really isn't a normal this year. If, if, if um, the only normal thing is going to be a crowd noise and that's not even that big of a deal, then that's really, really bad. And it has, it's, not, it's not the league's fault. We're lucky to even get a season. But um, this, I, I, you know, this is kind of what they had to say about it. So they end up saying that, again, most games will kick off next week in stadiums without fans. Most of them anyway. Some some will just 
you guys already know about that. So it goes on to say that Tom Pelosero reported Thursday that it will provide that the the um the noise will provide a loop of pre-recorded crowd noise specific to each team's stadium that must be played over the PA system in empty stadiums and partially filled stadiums at least to start the season at 70 decibels starting at kickoff or it will be starting at 70 decibels at starting kick at kickoff. NFL Ops will monitor the audio throughout the game to make sure that the crowd noise does not go above or below the required decibel level. Any person or club caught emptying and caught attempting to manipulate the league uh, curated audio will be subject to fines, suspensions, or potential lost draft picks. So, I don't know how big of a deal that has to do with anything, but we'll go along with it just because it's there. Again, that's just my take on it. Not a whole lot to give here that they provided within. They didn't provide us with a whole lot of information. That's all they really gave. It's more in depth than what we got a couple months ago. So, but yeah, so um, there's that. I think what we're going to do now, though, now that we're done with that, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go into a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, keep going because we still have a lot to go through. So. We'll be back from a break, and uh, yeah. All right, welcome back, guys, after that break. So we just got done talking about the NFL providing pre-recorded noise for partially filled stadiums for the teams that will only have, that will have a reduced capacity and the, uh, and the stadiums with no fans at all. So we just got through with that. Next up we got here is... The, no, I thought this was pretty cool because obviously Deshaun Watson's had, I guess you could say, a mediocre, a mediocre career at this point, uh, to, up to this point, and um, has been credited with some pretty huge wins already in his career, and um, he's passed a couple milestones, and um, now he's looking at aiming to extend... Another and now him and the Texans are aiming to extend them with a deal similar to Russell Wilson's and Aaron Rodgers' deals. So this is what it goes on to explain. So it goes on to say they could be getting a new contract soon. Just don't expect the one fellow fourth year quarterback Patrick Mahomes signed in July to be proxy. The Texans are working hard with Watson on an extension. Aiden Rappaport did report this per the sources informed of the deal. While the parameters of the deal are still being, have still yet to be determined, Ian Rappaport has officially been told, though, that it's likely to be more in line with the deals given to Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. The stars earn, the two, those two stars have earned about or they earn about $35 million per season after signing four-year extensions worth roughly $140 million, respectively, of course. So you can expect Deshaun Watson's to be somewhere around, somewhere in that ballpark, maybe a little bit lower, maybe a little bit higher, but we know it's going to be around there. Uh, so $140 million is going to be the target price. Uh, it's going to be near, again, it might be a little bit under it, Either way, it's going to be near it. It's going to be either above it by a little bit, or it's going to be a little bit below it, or right at it. So it's going to be pretty close. 
Mahomes now is linked to a 10-year deal this summer that included $450 million in new money. The 24-year-old Watson is due for a raise either way. So, yeah. I mean, goes on to say, though, that his rookie season, as we all know, was cut short by the injury that he had. It was probably one of the biggest blows that I think we've ever witnessed. I mean... He was so hyped up, so over, so hyped coming into the season, that rookie season, and now he's, you know, um, you know, then he ends up getting that injury, and Texans immediately start getting doubted and stuff, and you know, you know how that stuff goes, but um, goes on to say how. And this is the positives he's had throughout his career up to this point. He has led the Texans to consecutive playoff appearances while also making back-to-back Pro Bowls. Again, not a lot, but what do you expect out of four year, three, four years at this point? Two, three, four years at this point, something like that. So, actually, I think it's been around... Might be around three, going on four-ish now. Something like that. Anyway. So, yeah. So we're expecting that. And then these were his stats, or actually didn't have the stats. All right, well, either way. We're looking out for Deshaun Watson's uh, contract. We'll keep an eye on it. See what happens. Make See if it ends up being around the, um, around the target range that they provided for us. So, you know, we'll see if it matches that. And um, we'll see by how much, you know, we, we have a target money range, but we'll see how much. Uh, how many years they give him. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. So, anyway, next thing now here is Dallas Cowboys have released safety HaHa Clinton Dix. So, this is actually coming from, I think this was today. That's the day I'm recording this. Yep. Okay. So, goes on to say that, as you guys know, the Cowboys have invested a lot in their defense this offseason via the free agent market. Um, but it goes on to say how, but now veteran safety, haha Clinton Dix, was released on Thursday. NFL Network's Jane Slater has reported on this actually that Clinton Dix, that haha Clinton Dix did sign earlier this offseason a $3.75 million deal with the Cowboys. Five months ago, at the top, from this point, five months five months ago, that transaction was later confirmed by the Cowboys, who saved one point five million dollars in cap space on that, but have to pay two point twenty five million dollars in guaranteed money to Haha Clinton Dick still. So while the rumors would uh, would have speculated that the this is on the back on uh, Earl Thomas who were expected to, were, they were team, uh, part, one of the, part of the teams looking at signing Earl Thomas. 
but um, that's for a different time as we're talking about how Clint Dix here. So goes on to explain the history of this deal. So he was originally brought in to fill the void Jeff Heath left once he um, he was brought in to fill the void. Excuse me. So I kind of messed up there. He was brought in to fill the void. Jeff Heath left once signing a deal with the Raiders this this path, this offseason. It then reunited the six-year veteran with coach Mike McCarthy, who drafted the safety with the 21st overall pick during his tenure with the Packers. He was also traded. Clinton Dix also was traded by the Packers during the 2018 season uh, and spent the following year in Chicago before landing in Dallas. So it goes on to say that the surprising release may indicate the improving health of safety Xavier Woods, who has been dealing with an injured grow in this offseason. However, their depth at that safety position may be a concern. Darian Thompson, who started four games for this Cowboys team last year, will most likely be in the starting role for Clinton Dix. Remaining options after that are safety... For safety are Donovan Wilson and undrafted rookie Luther Kirk. So, again, it seems like they're just, their depth overall at past Clinton Dix isn't very good. Um, Isn't very, I guess you would say, isn't really, I mean, it's, it's work, it's, it's, it's something you could work with is what I'll just leave it at that. I was trying to figure out a way to explain it better. I guess, like, you know, hearing what they said for their depth, it's something you could definitely work with, but it's not like... It's not like you're working with, like, a veteran where you kind of base it on that. You're not really having that to lean on. So they're in a kind of a, a rock and a hard place with that one. Again, any position... any football move that has to deal with this kind of stuff is always a risk. Like I've said before, doing this stuff has always been, is always going to be a risk and always continue, will continue to always be a risk. So again, the way it sounds is they, they essentially just cut them because they think that they're the guy that they want to go with is getting healthier in Darian Thompson. So and, or excuse me, I looked at the wrong line. The reason why they probably cut him is because of the improving health of safety Xavier Woods. So it is always a, it, like I said before, it's always a risk. Everything's always a risk, whether it's a good risk or a bad risk. You never really know until you make it. So... We'll see if that ends up helping them or if it ends up screwing them over. We will never know till that season starts up and, you know, we'll see. So this is actually his stats, though, that I would like to provide to you guys. Um, post being, you know, post being, uh, uh, before being released. So these are his most current 2019 stats recorded stats that were 
uh, that we're going to be basing his, you know, how he plays next season based on these stats. Because these stats can either go up or down. And I guess it doesn't really depend on where you go to play, but it also really depends on coaches too, how much they want to play them. So this was his 2019 year. 78 tackles, 0 sacks, 2 interceptions, and 0 safeties. So not not crazy. But um, also hasn't really been in the league that long either. So I mean, there's that as well. But next thing here we got to talk about is the 49ers. So they've actually placed wide receiver Tavon Austin on injured reserve. And we'll get right into that right now. So actually, okay. So the 49ers, they brought him in. They brought in Tavon Austin last month. But um, they might be back already after his injury to looking at the free agent board because the the team actually announced Thursday that they placed veteran the veteran on injured reserve with a knee injury. Austin Kayvon Austin was vying for a spot on the team's 53-man roster, which has been decimated at the receiver position heading into the season. They kick off their season next Sunday versus the Cardinals and have been practicing without Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Brandon Ayuk, and Richie James. While recent acquisition, J.J. Nelson is on injured reserve, Kyle Shanahan has expressed optimism Wednesday about Samuel and Ayuk playing in the season opener. Uh, Hurd, who set out the 2019 campaign, he will be sidelined for this one as well. And then that left Tavon Austin, who spent the past two years with the Cowboys in prime positions to capitalize, in prime position to capitalize, but another long-term injury leaves the Niners wide out group in flux. So, man, they could not have catch a break this season, this offseason. It seems like they've had a, a very injury-prone offseason. And just any time they seem to have made Anytime they seem to have made a big time free um offseason decision, it seems like it just got through right in their face. You know, it's almost like it was saying, Hey, you want to make this trade? You want to make this deal? It's not actually supposed to work. Fuck you and uh go take this new deal and go shove it because we're gonna get them injured. It's like what the hell? So it almost seems like it's just something like every time they made a big play, they just every time they made a big trade or a big time move, the move it was almost saying to them like "fuck you, you can't do this, we don't want you making this trade, we're not gonna let it happen, we're not gonna let this deal go on go through successfully without any, without any court sort of repercussions for it. We don't want you having this guy, so." That's what it seems like. It's kind of interesting. Those um, those troubles for the 49ers this offseason have yet continued. Um, as you thought, they probably would have ended by now. They continue. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with them. You hate to see that stuff, but it is what it is. 
So, um, again, they didn't really get too in-depth with that with the knee injury. They just kind of say knee injury. I guess it's just so common to the fact that, to the point where they just, they might, they might just be say it's just so simple to say knee injury. Maybe they don't want to get in depth with it. I guess I wouldn't necessarily blame them. I wouldn't want to either. I wouldn't want to share my team's uh, injuries with the um with the media and essentially the public eye, as the pretty much the whole public listens to that kind of crap. So. We'll keep an eye on this, see what happens, see if there's any updates on possible return time, a timetable for return. Doubtful if, you know, knee injuries are never easy to come back from. I actually get problems with mine myself, so I can't imagine playing in a physical game like football, how long it would take for, um, you know, to be able to return from something like that. So we'll keep an eye on this and see what happens. Again, see if there's a timetable for return. Uh, anything, any any provided information, or if this is kind of just it for a while on Tavon Austin. So, okay, so next thing here, we got Cam Newton actually named officially as the Patriots starting quarterback. So I think what surprised most people about this, as, as you know, came here a couple months ago now and already taking a, and already taking the starting role as Tom Brady's official successor answering that question finally. And also after the most and also after the Patriots have just revealed their 2020 team captains, Cam Newton also makes it too. So with just a couple months underneath his belt as a Patriot, already Tom Brady's successor has started taking on uh taking on the role of starting quarterback, also being a team captain. So it's Pretty interesting that he's already done that. But um, Bill Belichick didn't wait until the eve of week one to name Tom Brady's successor, as he officially did announce that with Cam, again, Cam Newton being the QB one now for Bill Belichick's led Patriots team. So they named, they actually, this how it actually happened was they named Cam Newton the starter during a meeting Thursday, a team meeting Thursday, and Ian Rappaport did end up reporting about this per a source informed of this team decision. Uh, shout out and give the credit to the Boston Globe for first reporting the news. And um, rightfully so, they're in Boston. So, goes on to say that Earning this starting gig seemed pretty obvious when he signed an incentive-laden deal with the Patriots that included just $550,000 guaranteed on a $1.5 million base salary in last in late June. So, I mean, what do you want to say? I mean, obviously the Patriots came into this offseason as a team that, you know, they came into the league as they – came, they came into the offseason – Kind of awkwardly. And I know the, the Patriots have been in this position before. But they've once again entered this offseason as, uh, as you know, coming into the offseason with not a lot of money to work with. And not a lot of, you know, wiggle room to work with. And I say that because 
they I, I say before again I say again because it has happened before I don't remember what season it was I think it was only a couple of years ago actually where they came in the off season well they came in that off season with a little bit more than they did this off season but it's you you still the same you know still the same uh thing so it's still kind of the same you know the same format stuff like that so it's just kind of the fact that they came in before with low in, low money to work on with on deals and they came in this off season again with even less than they did last time so the fact that new england did end up getting the type of you know, pulling off what they, you know, it might not have been the craziest offseason for them like they usually have, but I would say for what they came in with for and what and versus what they're leaving with, I would say it was a pretty successful offseason for them. Obviously not the most, like I just got done saying, it's not the most productive offseason they've probably ever had, ever had recorded, but for what they again for what they came in with versus what they're coming out with I would say it was pretty decent and I'm sure this type of deal with Cam Newton is probably a big re is probably you know the big answer for that well why is it so small do they not believe in them no it's because of the cap room they had to think about it they got it they had to be able to pay him they had to worry about paying him plus all the draft, you know, all the draftees that they wanted to sign on to the team. So it's it's um it's definitely understandable. I think New England sticks with Cam Newton for a little while. I'm thinking what ends up happening here is obviously Jarrett Stidham didn't get a crap ton of time. He didn't get a lot of time underneath Tom Brady. So I think what they're gonna do is they're probably gonna hang on to Cam Newton for a little bit probably for another three, two, three years, maybe. And, um, you know, get, um, get Jert Stidham a little bit more exposure to a veteran and, um, you know, get him get him exposed to a veteran on the field, you know, in Cam Newton. And, um, should those years be up for Cam Newton, if, if they choose, if they, do so choose to stick with them for that long. Should Jarrett Stidham be good at that point? Be good enough to play it at that point. So, and it might even be longer. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume maybe two, three, maybe four years with the Patriots. I, I, I don't see them. I don't see it. I don't see it being a very short stint, but I definitely don't see it being, I mean, he's already 31. So I don't see it being obviously like a crazy, six years with New England. Obviously it's gonna be a little bit less, but for for the moment for the moment being, I'd say it's good enough. But um that's all we kinda of got there. So wanted to get into talking about I'd say they had a little bit more to talk about. They had a little bit more that they had to say, but I think I I think I Kind of said enough about it. Let's get into Cam Newton's 2019 stats with Carolina. So he, it was 
he had a okay, so this was it. So 56.2% passing percentage compl- comp- passing completion percentage. 500 on 572 yards with zero touchdowns, one pick, six took six sacks and had a 71 QB overall rating. So whenever you hear people say is is Cam Newton going to have a comeback performance with New England? A comeback type performance with New England because because of these stats. Obviously in recent memory, probably not his prettiest stat line that he's put up for a season as a whole. I mean, this was his 2019 as a whole. This was his 2019 stat line as a whole. Obviously, in recent memory, uh, let's look at 2018. It was 67.9% completion percentage, 3,395 yards on Throwing for 24 touchdowns to 13 picks, 24 to 13 touchdown interception ratio, took 29 sacks on 94.2% QB rating. I don't care about the 29 sacks. That stat line is already better than his 2019. So when when you hear people talking about, is he going to have a comeback player of the year? Um, Is he going to be in the conversation for that? I think, you know, this is probably why. And... To my question, to my answer to that, I think he could be. I think he's definitely one of the top players to look at as far as that, you know, as far as that award goes. I think that he would definitely be deserving of if he, de- deserving of it if he puts up anything better than la- anything better than this. I think he has a real good shot. But um, yeah. So there's that. And then, um, okay, so next thing we got here actually is going to be this. So, contract talks, this was pretty interesting to hear about. Contract talks between the Eagles and tight end Zach Ertz have broken off. So, he is the next star in line. Next star tight end in line to get paid. Zach Ertz. It appears that those talks aren't going uh, going swimmingly well with Zach Ertz. Ian Rapport reports that the negotiations between the Eagles and Ertz came to an abrupt halt when the Eagles made an offer that had less guaranteed money than its offer last November. And this was... Provided by a per a source informed of the situation. The backloaded offer also had provided less cash over the next four seasons annually than Austin Hooper's contract with the Browns uh, did. Ian Eppert also added that in as well. So... The breakoff of talks could mean it'll be a while before Ertz lands a new deal. The 30-year-old tight end has two years left on his contract with base salaries of $6.6 million and $8.25 million in their respective, per their respective seasons. The Eagle, it goes on to say that the, the, the Eagles' number one 
past target is due to a pay raise, is due a pay raise, and a hefty one after George Kittle and Travis Kelsey got their paydays recently. It could be Kelsey's contract that led to the altered offer from the Eagles. The Chiefs Pro Bowl tight end agreed to a deal that included no signing bonus to keep his current salary cap figure from increasing and was heavily backloaded at the end of the four-year extension. So, and they might also be thinking, you know, well, God, what do you think they're expecting, what they're talking about? It could be lots of things. This could this could mean lots of things. So, yeah, I mean, see, I don't know, because, I mean, could it be, could it have something to do with age as well? Could it have something to do with depth? Could it be just something, just something as simple as, you know, a contract? Or could this whole contract thing have something to do with, you know, I don't know. It could mean lots of things, though, like I said. So, it's kind of hard to tell at this point. All they're kind of saying is it's, the, the, the you know, the experts on this are kind of just even guessing too, thinking it could be the you know, the uh, the sudden halt on talks. Because as you guys know, even a couple of weeks ago, I brought it up on the podcast as well that talks were being, you know, there's talks about a Zachert's contract extension as well. And we hadn't, we haven't heard about a new opening of talking till now. And once again, it, it came to a sudden halt again. You know, we thought this was going to be the time this time around. And then just a sudden halt. Everything is going well. And then just a sudden halt. Like this one. Kind of like this one happened again. So. I think maybe there could be trying to come up with. Because they did end up saying how. They're. How Travis Kelsey. They're saying it could be Kelsey's contract that led to the altered offer from the Eagles. Getting Travis Kelsey's. I mean, is it possible? I don't know. I don't know why Travis Kelsey's would have anything to do with that, but... I I don't know. Wait. The Eagles' number one target is due to a pay raise. Anyway. I'll come back to it. We gotta take another break. Uh, Sorry to kind of end it like that. We're gonna take a break and I'll explain again in a little bit. Alright, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. So, what ends up happening is... I do apologize, though, for suddenly stopping that what ends up happening is with what i record on it only lets me go up to 30 minutes and while i was explaining myself i went back to go check it and it was at 29 minutes 
and 54, 5, 54, 55 seconds. So I had to quickly try to end it so that way it didn't just pause on you guys. So I do apologize for that. I'm going to try to figure out what I was last thinking about so I can kind of try to hop back into my train of thought here. Um, I think I was saying something about how I don't know how. Oh, yeah, so this is where I was. So I don't know how, because it, it says how after George Kittle and Travis Kelsey got their paydays recently, it goes on to say that after that sentence, it goes on to the next sentence to say, it could be Kelsey's contract that led to the altered offer from the Eagles. It could be Kelsey's contract that led to the altered offer from Eagles. So are they trying to get at, I'm just trying to figure out how they're explaining this. So are they getting at the fact that it could be Kelsey's contract as in like, they don't know if, I guess how I'm taking it is, I guess the only way I think it could be Kelsey's contract is is that something, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but is that a contract that they wanted to give maybe to Zach Ertz, but to make him the highest paid tight end in the league? And it all, and it can't, and they made the, and once that, um, that contract, you know, once that deal became official and it got out there, the Eagles might have heard about it and they automatically just decided to halt their decision on their their negotiation process because they wanted to give him that exact offer but to make him the highest paid um highest paid tight end and they can't do it now because it wouldn't make him the highest paid. It would only tie it. Is that that could be that that's about the only thing for me that I could think of. I don't know why. But um, that's all I'm getting out of that. Let me know. Let me know, guys, again. When I linked on the socials below, let me know anything that we talk about. Talk to me on any of the socials down below on what your guys, based on what your guys' thoughts and opinions are on anything that we talk about, such as this deal right here. Or this, you know, this Travis Kelsey thing. Or this Zach Ertz thing. Let me know down below out of anything that we talk about. What you guys want. If you guys have any questions for me. If you guys have any questions that you would like to ask me. That you would want me to answer for you guys. To make something make more sense. Again, let me know down below. I'd love to hear talk to you guys about that stuff. I'd love to interact with you guys. That would be really cool. But um, last thing I wanted to get into was, it goes into Austin Hooper's actually. So Hooper's four-year, $42 million deal in Cleveland also went on to include a $10 million signing bonus as well with $23 million guaranteed. So just kind of wanted to get in that in there. So we'll continue, I guess, to look at this and figure out what the hell is going on. I, I'm honestly a little bit confused. I... I I'm not 100% sure either. 
I'm just kind of going off of what they're saying too, so I don't, I'm kind of trying to like go back and forth like, okay, so they're saying this based on this and that, and then try to connect, well, why? So, not something I can do at the moment, it's kind of tough, so um, again, I'll, I'll keep trying to figure out and keep researching on possible start startups again of these of this negotiation to get them a new deal so i never heard of such a complicated negotiation process but anyway uh let's get into oh hold up okay i actually forgot about this so i actually ended up getting his stats for 2018 and i just wanted to quickly explain them to you guys real fast before we move on here so, um, this was 20, Zach Ertz's 2019 year, including regular season and postseason stats, by the way, in 2019. So, regular season looked like this, 88 receptions, 88, 88 receptions on 916 yards with a 10.4 average gain per reception and six, going to go along with six touchdowns. Postseason look like this. Two receptions, 44 yards, 22 average reception yards gained, and with zero touchdowns. Just kind of is just kind of give you guys some perspective on them. Uh that's again 2019 stats, regular and postseason. So um yeah, so let's move on here. Next up here we got is the Browns have acquired safety Ronnie Harrison from the Jaguars in a trade. So, I think this was today? Yeah. Yeah, it was today. So, September 3rd, the day I'm recording this, the day day after. The, this happened a day after, or this happened a day before, excuse me, that you guys are watching this. So, Ian Report again reports that the Jags have traded safety Ronnie Harrison to the Browns in exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick uh, per a source informed the deal. A fifth-round pick for a safety. A 2021-1-2? Holy shit. In exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Man, you don't really hear that happening a whole lot in the NFL anymore. Teams teams uh trading their draft picks for a year ahead of them, for a year ahead of what their current of the current year, calendar year or of the current uh year. That's insane. Okay, anyway, let's move on here so uh, both of the teams respectively had confirmed their tr- have confirmed the trade um at either points of the day so the browns had needed that had needed safety hence trading for uh Harrison here following and this is following the season ending injury to promising rookie safety grand grant delpit i actually ended up uh putting him in the pod when this actually, when that news, when that uh, injury came upon us, 
I actually ended up reporting on that, so that was pretty interesting. But anyway, it kind of gets into his history a little bit. Third pick out of the Alabama, out of Alabama in 2018, Harrison started 22 of 28 games in the Jags secondary. He missed two games in 2019 due to a concussion that he had that he had gained that he had gotten, compiling and that ended up compiling for 71 tackles, two sacks, nine passes defended, and two picks in 14 starts last year. It was an up and down year at safety for Harrison, who provides the versatility to thump, to thump ball carriers and cover in space, but was part of several breakdowns in the Jag secondary. He is actually the latest starter to leave Jacksonville following the recent trade of Yannick, Gyak, Yannick Geku. How do, let me know down below, how do you say his last name? Is it, is it, I always used to say Geyaku, but I there's no O. I think it's Geku. Gaku. Nagaku? Geku? Anyway, Gaku, Geku, Nagaku. I don't know. But anyway, the recent trade of Yannick Geyaku of Yannick Gaku and the cutting of Leonard Fournette, the most recent, the most recent transaction to happen. So Harrison, Harrison's bringing along some talent and upside to Cleveland with starting experience and special teams ability. Having played 814 snaps in 2019 per the next gen stats the NFL bases on. The Jags have also continued to uh, to accrue draft picks while trading away young talent, such as this happening as well. Jacksonville now has 11 picks in the 2021 draft and counting. So that's pretty interesting stuff right there. Not a whole lot to get into with this one. Just kind of getting it out there. But um, this was actually his actually providing some stats for Ronnie Harrison uh, in 2019. So this it was his season, seventy tackles, two sacks, two picks, and that's it. So, I mean, obviously in two seasons they're not going to see very much, but uh, yeah. So there's that. And then uh, next thing we got to get into now is, let's see here. All right, so this was pretty cool to hear about. Um. Obviously, an up and down career for this guy, but the Seahawks have re-signed wide receiver Josh Gordon on a one-year deal. So this is actually let me just say this right now. This is actually still pending his reinstatement to the NFL for this time around. Once again, he reapplied earlier this offseason for reinstatement. Took another break up from football. Chose to reapply for reinstatement earlier this offseason. And um, they have re-signed him now. But it's still pending this. It is still pending this decision from the league to reinstate him once again. So it goes on to say that the as you guys know. They say giving him another chance. Because as you guys know he played their... A little bit last season as well, but didn't really. Don't really think he got the impression. I don't think he gave them the impression impression that he was hoping to give them. But um, 
he couldn't prove theirs if he's on the field. There's anyway. It goes on to say the re saying what I was gonna say. The Seahawks are giving Josh Gordon another chance. He couldn't prove theirs if he's on the field. I'm assuming they mean theirs is in their chance. Anyway, I. Josh Gordon's agent did confirm the veteran wide receiver re-signed with Seattle on Thursday. The team later announced that signing officially later uh, sometime throughout the day. Interact reports that on that same on that on that one year deal, it's a one year deal that surpassed one million dollars with incentives. But first, Gordon has to be reinstated. The NFL suspended him. This is the history. It's going to get in history a little bit. The league suspended him indefinitely last December for violating, again, the NFL's policies on performance-enhancing substances, a.k.a. PEDs, like he has much many times before, uh, substance, and substance, and substances of abuse. It was his fifth suspension in eight years and, arrival, and arrived just as the Seahawks were pushing to win the West, and perhaps more. So, Seattle actually claimed Gordon off waivers uh, last November after he was released by the Patriots. He caught just seven passes in five games with the Seahawks, but had a 58-yard reception in his final appearance of 2019. So, he thought that turnaround, so they everyone kind of thought that turnaround in Seattle would be it for Gordon. He'd go off the rest of the he'd go off for the rest of the season for the last portion of the season. Obviously that didn't go anything like the way they were hoping. So um there's that. So it goes on to say that the team is betting on Gordon's second act in Seattle lasting longer as they probably don't have much of a choice because of, well, based on their receiving core, it doesn't look to be, their wide receiver core doesn't look to be too big, but it's also very dangerous at that. So he looks to rejoin a strong receiving core that includes probably not too much, probably not a too much change receiving core, in Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Paul Richardson, and tight ends Will Disley and Greg Olson. So, well, recently signed Greg Olson. Greg Olson, I should say. So, Josh Gordon's reunion with the Seahawks actually doesn't look too too much different than the very similar chain of events that have, that actually occurred with him and the Patriots. So to give a little backstory on that, New England had traded for Josh Gordon into the 2018 season only to see him indefinitely suspended that December and miss out on its Super Bowl run, but did end up getting a ring. Gordon was reinstated last August and played the first six games of the 2019 season with the Pats before being placed on injured reserve and then waived in October of that that respective season. So um he's 29 years old. 
He's not made it through a season without being suspended since his 2012 rookie year with the Browns. That is absolutely crazy. So from then to now, it's been a span of being indefinitely suspended, playing seasons, but then getting hurt. And if he's not suspended, he's hurt. So it's almost like a, it's it's almost really, I'm not going to read the rest of this article as I've kind of read enough now, but it, it almost kind of seems as if for GMs, it's almost, it almost seems kind of confusing. It's like, do you know the talent that he brings based on his tape? But yet at the same time, there's so much risk involved with getting this guy. It's like, yeah, he's so damn good at receiving, and he's so quick. But there's just so much risk. Like, obviously, at the same time, you want a guy, like, again, you got to find that healthy balance. You want a guy, and that's what's so tough for GMs nowadays, is that healthy balance that not a lot of teams can find. That healthy balance includes he brings so much to the table as far as what he can bring to the team on the field on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday, whatever it may be. He brings so much to the field play-wise, but he's also a handful and he's so risky as far as the locker room goes. Like, obviously, he it's a balance of He's so he's such a good at football player, but then you also have to worry about the side of the locker room. Is he going to be a good locker room guy? Is he going to is he going to cause problems? Is he going to cause players wanting to leave the team and pretty much essentially fucking over the Seahawks as a whole? It's just so much risk involved, and unfortunately, I think for GMs. They don't have much of a choice, you know, when you're faced with stuff like this, other than to just go for it because he's such a good player, but he just cannot stay consistently healthy and or off of the PEDs. You know, I'm almost kind of thinking that some of the, at some point they're going to end up freaking declining him. You know, he's been approved all these times. I'm, I'm almost kind of worried that at one of these points, He's going to end up being declined from being reinstated. Because this, again, this is his fifth time. Four other times he's been accepted. Will this, will this finally be the time that they, you know what, they say enough and they decline him? Because at that point, obviously, he's kind of forced, essentially at that point, he would have, he'd be pretty much forced to not play football again. Because without being reinstated, because you could be healthy all you want, but... You cannot play, and you could be on a team, but you cannot play. He cannot. He is not eligible to play until he's reinstated. So if they do end up declining him here, I don't care how healthy he is. They don't care how how they don't give a damn how healthy he is. He cannot play. Yeah, but he could be on the team, but he's automatically not eligible. If he can, if if the league and if the NFLPA cannot confirm and accept his reinstatement, so it is what it is. We're talking rambling a little too long about that, but um, here's the next thing. So the Titans have now agreed. I actually 
as of today, that the Titans have agreed to terms with ex-Patriots kicker Steven Guskowski earlier this offseason. As you guys know, they released him. Um, bringing back in Nick Folk, I believe. So, and also fighting against Justin Warwasser, I believe. So, the team announced Thursday that it agreed to terms with kicker Steven Guskowski. Ian Rapport later reported the one-year deal is worth $2.75 million with a max value of $3.25 million based on field goal percentage incentives. And uh, probably a little bit to do with cap space. In the corresponding move, the Titans waived kicker Greg Joseph. Tennessee also has undrafted Ricky Tucker McCann on the roster. Gaskowski lives in Nashville and recently worked out for the Titans before. So this was probably pretty easy for him. Uh, life, you know, outside of football-wise and, you know, obviously as the Titans needed someone anyway, so... And he's also at a point where he's probably like, fuck it, I'll join any team. As he's 36 years old, spent the last 14 years with New England, actually being drafted by New England as well. And the first three of those were with Mike Vrabel on the squad. During his time in Foxborough, Guskowski earned three Super Bowl wins, four Pro Bowls, and two first-team All-Pro honors. Guskowski's legendary run in New England ended last year during an injury-riddled season that saw him play in just four games, hitting 7 of 8 field goals and 11 of 15 extra points. Probably the most he's ever missed in a season in a little while. And we ended up finding out it was because of a of a hip injury he ended up sustaining where he needed surgery on it. And... um. Then you end up taking the rest of the time off. New England puts him on IR. Rest is history. End up going on IR in October. Officially released in March. He sets fifth all-time with an 87.4% field goal uh, conversion rate, including some big pressure pack postseason kicks. The last few years, however, the aging veteran has become a wee bit wobbly, in part due to injury. So he's not as consistent as he used to be. Obviously, the 11 of 15 might be a sign to come. But um, it goes on to say that the Titans had a rotating situation at kicker last year before signing Joseph, who made all 18 of his extra point attempts, including playoffs and one postseason field goal. Tennessee hopes for importing a veteran in Guskowski will provide the coaching staff more confidence in the kicker spot this season. Well, based on what they've had, it seems as if this is probably the most consistent they're going to get. So... There's that with Kaskowski. Uh Let's get into his stats now. Seven completion, seven completed kicks, seven field goals made, eight field goal attempts, so seven of eight, on eighty-seven point five percent with eleven with eleven extra points made. So. In his career up to this point, it was 374 completion caught, field goals made, 428 attempts, four, 428 attempts, 62 has been as long. He actually set that record against the Raiders back in the 20, I want to say 2018 campaign. It was played in London, actually. And... 
something to do with the water level or something to do with the sea level at the, you know, in London made it where 62 yards was pretty easy. So he ended up nailing that. That's where that came from. And, uh, but 87.4% completion percentage and, uh, 653 completions on extra points. So there's that. I'm not going to explain too much on this because we're, you know, but, uh, doesn't really need it to be explained that much, but the Patriots running back Patriots running back Damian Harris recently had surgery on pinky finger could miss week one. Uh, goes on to explain Harris, who missed the past two practices, recently had surgery on his pinky finger, which will take a few weeks to heal. Rep- Ian Rapport has reported that, uh, per a source informed of the situation, the injury could force Harris to miss the season opener against the Dolphins. The second-year back appear- appeared slated to start the season with a sizable role alongside Sony Michelle, who also dealt with off-season footed surgery. The duo traded first-team reps for portions of training camp. So, I don't know how much it might hold them back, but as far as we know, it might be week one for the moment being. And uh, what else we got here is we got Leonard Fournette signing with the Buccaneers. So Leonard Fournette won't be traveling far to join his next NFL squad as he recently was released by the Jaguars. As the recently released Jaguars, the newest much bucket uh, as the newest Buccaneer. So who was waived by Jacksonville on Monday. Tampa Bay have has agreed on a deal with them. Ian Rapport and Tom Pelissier reported Wednesday evening that the signing is for one year with a max value of $3.5 million and $2 million base salary, plus incentives based on rushing yards and playing time. Report uh, Rapport reported this. I uh, reported that little section there. In addition, with no offsets from his Jaguars contract, Leonard Fournette can double dip if he wins his grievance against the Jaguars and add $4.2 million to the equation. The 25-year-old Fournette had at least two other potential suitors, but staying inside the Sunshine State and looking to shine with a contender um, after leaving behind a rebuilding franchise appears to have been a no-brainer. So... There's that. Let's get right into his stats. So 2019 looked like this for him. 265 rushing attempts, 1,152 yards. 4.4 was his average rush per gain per uh, run. Uh, to, to go along with three touchdowns and an 81-yard rush. That was his longest of 2019. So there's that. And um, next thing we got here is... Last two things we got here is actually basketball related. Marcus Smart was fined five thousand dollars for a game two flop. Um, this was actually reported September second, so this was two days ago. That by the time you guys are watching this, actually, 
is actually violating the league's anti-flopping rules. I actually didn't even know that that was a thing that they really took that seriously, but I guess it is. So now I know. It's kind of funny if you think about it, but anyway. So the bucket, that bucket plus the free throw. Oh, okay. It goes on to explain the last couple. So per league rules, the successive violations could mean fines of 10K, 15K, and 30K. Out of Smart's wallet, a sixth time could mean an even larger fine or possible suspension. So I actually didn't even know the league had any sort of anti-flopping rules on this or even put in play, but I guess they do. So uh, there's that. And last thing I'm going to quickly sneak in here before the time runs out again, actually, is Marcus Moore Sr. was fined $35,000 for his foul on Luka Doncic. Clippers have moved on to the second round, but the sins of the first round are still catching up to them. Marcus Moore Sr. was fined $35,000 for the flagrant two-foul he committed on Luka Doncic in Game 6 when Morris made contact with Doncic's shoulders and was ejected per the league's release. League's release of a statement, Morris's history of physical was brought into consideration when applying the penalty. So they're essentially just going on what he had before. But um, I'm going to quickly end this, and then I'm going to make a proper uh, outro, so I will be back. All right, guys, welcome back once again from that little break I had to take again. I wanted to give you guys a proper outro. So again, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to today's long-ass episode of the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. Again, please make sure to go to the link, anchor.fm forward slash Anthony-McCulley. That's M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. Again, that is M-C-C-U-L-L-E-Y. When you guys get to that website, please make sure to hit the follow button to be notified of every single episode. Uh, every time I do upload every other, every other morning at 8 a.m., I would appreciate that. Also, please make sure to share the podcast run with your friends and family. Not even friends and family, just share the podcast run in general. I would definitely appreciate that if you guys could do that for me. And um, also make sure to just rate the podcast on both Google and Apple Podcasts. I definitely appreciate that. It just helps me decide if you, you know, figure out which of you guys are enjoying the content. And um, a rating would give me a good idea on if you guys are enjoying it or not. Sorry if you guys who are training in the background. I was trying to wait for it, but it's going to take too long. So that you may or may not hear that. There it goes. Anyway. Yeah, so I just want to quickly say thank you guys so much for the support. I know I've said it a lot. Without you guys, that 350 plays goal wouldn't even be possible without you guys watching it. I just make the I just make the video. I just make the episodes. You guys are the reason why I can get this goal because you guys are the reason you guys are watching it. So without you guys watching it, uh, you guys can't watch it without me creating it. But I also couldn't have that goal without you guys watching. So it is a balance there, and um, I, I just want to say thank you guys so much because that we're at 332 plays right now. I have a 350 plays goal. Everything you guys have done for me is 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 all thanks to you guys. 
I I thought people were insane when people first told me I should make a podcast. And yet here I did, I was like, okay, this ain't going to really get anywhere. This ain't going to do anything for me. Like, why are you guys having me do this? Blah, 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 stuff like that. And I do it and I get something like this. And I mean, let me just, let me just say to you guys, I've had this podcast since March. I've had this podcast since March. And let me just tell you that this past August, you know, literally only a couple days ago, that was probably the best month. I, I've seriously, like, no, like, all jokes aside, this August was probably the best month this podcast has ever had throughout me having this since March. Views wise, uh, I, I've been, I've realized I've done, I've personally done better with the podcast. So I've personally grown with it. Um, the views have done, have been so much better. I've realized I've been breaking goals a lot faster now than I ever was. 300, it's just, it's crazy that I'm already at 332 plays. You guys are literally insane. And just 57 episodes, you guys did that. And I just want to say, again, thank you guys so much. Let's keep supporting the channel. I'd love, I'd definitely appreciate it if you guys kept supporting the show. I know you guys will, so I don't have a problem with that. I'm not worried about that at all. I know you guys will. Thank you guys so much. Um, Again, my goal is 350 plays. We're about, I don't even know how many away. We're about 19, 18, 19 away now. So, um, again, th thank you guys so much. But, um, yeah, also, I wanted to also say, um, also down in the socials when I link them, Come talk to me if you guys know anyone that wants to be on the show as a guest. I still am currently looking for guests, as I've previously mentioned before. I still am looking for guests. Still haven't gotten one yet. If you guys yourself would like to be a guest, hit me up on any of the socials. If you guys would like to be a guest, we could try to make it happen. Um, or if you know someone that would like to be a guest, let me know down too, and we could try to work something out. I'd love to have you guys on the show. Um, but yeah, guys, this has been the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. And uh, this has been another episode, and we're out.